All right, what's up, addicts? Welcome back. We are at uh, episode 62. Uh, tonight is just a twofer and a special guest. Yeah, we got we got Steve here, uh, MCN tonight, and we're joined by Mr. Phil. Howdy, howdy. And our, our, our special guest tonight is Mr. Uh, Adam Aniba from the uh, Burgundy and Gold Report. Adam, thank you for joining us, sir. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me on. All right. And so, like, you know how we'd like to get started on our shows, episode 62. So, Phil, go ahead and give us a little... Uh, history on uh, the number 62 for the Washington football team. Probably most, it's, I'll tell you what, it's not the deepest number, but so we had to go back in the way back machine a little bit here. So we got Ray Schoenke, uh, Schoenke. Um, my German pronunciation isn't the best, but um, he was on the Washington Redskins roster from 1966 to 75, was a uh, starter at left guard on a lot of those George Allen teams. Um he was on the Super Bowl, uh, or the NFC Championship squad and went to Super Bowl seven in 1972. He was selected for the 50th anniversary Greatest Redskins team in 1987. Um, was picked in 2002 as one of the top 100 players in the history of Washington. And um, here's an, a notable thing. He's from um, Hawaii, actually. And uh, he was named because his mother is Polynesian. He's of Polynesian descent. He was actually named to the Polynesian Football Hall of Fame in 2015, which uh, honors, you know, the greatest football players and contributors from, you know, of Polynesian descent, which is interesting because there's been quite a number of uh, Polynesian players and, uh, you know, players who come from the Pacific Rim, Samoa, things like that. So uh, he was one of the early ones and he was, you know, a solid stalwart starter for our team for, you know, for a decade. Uh, so, you know, that's, that's a name you don't hear very often anymore, even when we reflect back on the teams of the 70s. But, you know, those are the guys that kind of helped make it, make it go. I mean, he was opening holes for Larry Brown. And he was, you know, blocking for Sonny and Billy. So, you know. Yeah, the number 62 was pretty slim pickings for us. Uh, <laughs> not not going to lie. We looked at the list. We were like, oh, man, not, not too many to choose from. All right. So without further ado, let's, let's kick off the episode. <laughs> so, so Adam starting off, you know, let's get into a little bit of drama. We haven't had a lot of Reds, Redskins slash Washington football team drama in a while. Right. Dan Snyder, NFL approved in buying out the, the minority owners, man. What do you, what's, what's your thoughts on that? Honestly, it happened quicker than I expected. I, you know, we thought this whole report would come out, you know, or would leak at least we'd hear more, but you know, I, I think the NFL is definitely trying to save face. I don't know what the details are, but, you know, if you believe, you know, follow the tea leaves a little bit, it sounds like there was a lot of crap going on, you know, with Snyder, you know, apparently it just came back to people under him. So whatever it is, like, I see it as a legacy for his family. So to me, if it's like fans, it's like, be careful what you wish for. You know, if you're like, you know, you want a Jeff Bezos or someone to come in. So for me, you know, if these if we're going to really believe that it was these FedEx guys, these partners that really pushed the name change, which I, I do believe that in connection with Hal Berger that started this, you know, it was all a money thing. But I, I won't go there. Um, but I think that it really all came to a head with these guys. So hopefully, you know, with that out, you know, they'll figure out this name thing because I'm honestly tired of hearing about it. And then we can just move on and just be talking about football because I think we're slowly getting away from the drama as fans. There'll always be a little bit, but I think as long as this name thing is still going to linger. I live in New York, you know, the whole Washington football team. I understand people like it. I, I don't know why, um, but it's, it's, it's really kind of a joke around if you like meet up the fans and stuff like that like when are you guys gonna get a name and so you know just hopefully it's not something bad but it can't be Washington football team so Snyder I'm glad it's working out for him but um you know I don't know people like that tend to keep making mistakes so you know I'm just gonna ride it and just follow the football right now yeah and there's a there's a school of thought that you know they they gave him this power to buy out the minority owners even waive what 450 million dollars of debt before yeah. the report was even released so right. i mean that tells me that either probably there's nothing in the report or right. or maybe you know dwight Shar and 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 the uh the fedex i forget his name robert smith right maybe they're just you know let us out of here we don't have anything yeah. else to say just let us go and and right. so i guess it, when this is all over it's going to put dan up there with a, a small crowd of nfl owners who have complete control of their team and there's not there's not a whole lot out there for if, if, you know, that I'm tracking that have complete cool Jerry Jones, you know, 
right put him on a whole new level and maybe when it comes time for the stadium negotiation it might actually work out in his favor who knows yeah value's about to skyrocket man tv money everything you know yeah. to own a full team full outright right now that's rare so he's in a good position if they if they win that that's just going to keep going that if they lose that that doesn't help so and with the whole team name thing it's you know i think that the nominations for the suggestion to the team closes on april 5th you know they're trying to do the inclusive inclusivity and that not just includes you know the whole racial yeah. but they want the fans to be inclusive so and when right. you when, when you do submit that i i didn't submit one but i played with it and they ask you for all your social media information your cell phone number so i guess whichever one they choose they're going to try to give you some props but i'm kind of with you washington football team is kind of growing on me personally but at the end of the day you got the media and they're just like Right. Oh yeah, the, the football team. Come on, they it won't let it go. Just That's call it thing. Washington. Yeah, don't call it football team. It, it's, yeah. yeah, you're right. Yeah. Nobody knows. Nobody knows what to do, and it's not. I don't blame them. They're just like I, right. I don't know what to say. Well, then you get Pac-10 fans to say, "Are oh, you talking about the Huskies or not?" So believe it or not, that that it happens. I talk to college scouts, everyone all day, and they're like calling about football, or college football, or NFL. So. That's the issue with me because I always say Washington. I try not to say WFT. So when I get there, that's where I get into problems too. So to me, it's just an annoyance thing, to be honest with you. Yeah. At this point. <laughs> I think, you know, based on the the latest, uh, you know, Julie was on Andy's, you know, DT Tweet Team. Yeah, she's great. Yeah. yeah. And, and she said, you know, that there's a chance we might have something sooner, you know, during the 2021 football team. And she did right. she football season. Now she didn't say right. well, we're going to be football team for this year, but there might be something sooner than later. So, so who knows? I, I'm with you at this point. It, you know, yeah. as long as the, the culture and then the team keeps operating at a professional level, which we're not used to, I think, I think we're all for it. Definitely. Definitely. So let's talk about the free agency recap. So we've been free agency. I believe the legal tampering period started on the 15th. Free agency actually started on the 17th of March. And here we are, you know, at the end of the month, two weeks later on April 1st. Um, so the big news, clearly Ryan Fitzpatrick, Fitzmagic, uh, at like $10 million one year, uh, right. for the Washington football team. What, what do you think about Fitz, man? How, how do you, what's your take on him as a quarterback? Uh, you know, I, I wrote an article about him, but I just wrote another one about building offensive chemistry to gear up for the draft. And what I like about I never even had him as a possible scenario. I thought at this point of his career, he'll return to Miami or just retire. But, you know, money talks. And he pretty much came out and said, hey, you know, I don't I don't hate money. So, you know, you got to give the kid, you know, the man credit for being honest. I really thought a, a Tyrod Taylor would be probably a more likely guy because if they were talking about true competition with Heinke, but. Uh, Fitzpatrick, I like what he brings um, over the last two years. I think fans need to really get out a lot of his career with the exception of the 2018 season with Fitzpatrick because that's when him and Humphrey connected a uh, career year. Humphrey had 863, five touchdowns, 76 receptions. It was a hell of a year. Not that he's going to get him back to that, but the point here is this is what Fitzpatrick can do with moderate to decent weapons. You're going to give him Terry McLaurin, which in my opinion is going to be a top five receiver when all is said and done after the year. Then you have Samuel, and then you're going to the draft. So you have a lot of other pieces and other positions on the team. But right now, this is arguably Fitzpatrick's, probably one of his most loaded offensive he's gone to, and hands down the best defense. He's already said that. So I think he, he's working to, uh, walking into a perfect situation. And, you know, I, I think that if he can stay healthy, it, it's his job to lose Heineke. Because I've heard the whole open competition thing. I think Ron is saying the right things. But in the end, you're not going to pay him $10 million to come here and say, you know, we'll have a competition and see how it goes. I, I think, you know, Heineke will be waiting. Fitzpatrick, I could definitely see him missing, you know, a couple games or injury, and that'll be Heineke, Heineke's chance. So, but I think in the end, it's Fitzpatrick's job to lose. Yeah, Phil, how do you feel about old Fitzmagic there under center as QB1? I'm with Adam. I never saw this as a possibility. Um, I – Anybody who's paying attention to me on, you know, the Facebook boards or on the podcast, I kept saying, I, I feel like it's going to be a Jacoby Brissett or yeah. if Jameis Winston comes available, it's going to be Jameis Winston. When they, when they were talking about how Carolina was looking to trade for Deshaun Watson, I said, boom, go get Teddy Bridgewater. I, I kept saying, no, don't get Fitzpatrick. He's 38 going into 39. I'm, you know, look, you know, I even made the joke, and I've said before on the podcast, if you wanted a 38-year-old dude with a beard and no playoff appearances, I'll come in and play for $5 million. But, <laughs> I mean, at the same time, though, 
I did I did the same thing. I went back and I looked at what Fitzpatrick has done and who he's played for to have such a, a, a mediocre record, to put it nicely. And then you look, it's like, you know, his offenses are all, you know, middle of the pack with some having more weapons than others. But generally awful defenses. When he's had a good defense, he's been on winning teams. Right. And I'm saying good. We're a defense that's knocking on the door to elite. Not quite there, although William Jackson helps. We'll get to him in a second. But we're knocking on that door of elite. We're becoming, and I think that Fitzpatrick is evidence that we are in a we-have-to-win-now mode. Right. Because we don't want to waste this defense. And that was the thing that several of us have warned about going into this year. Don't waste this defense. We're going to have to spend money on them soon. Yeah, we got about like a two-year window, Max, I think, left after this year for the defense. And, you know, Fitzpatrick, I, right, I'm i with you guys. At a left field for me, I, yeah. even I robbed him in that left field, but, man, they only signed him for five or six million. Like, I, I'm with Phil. I was thinking Brissett. I was thinking yeah. uh, Teddy. I would have loved Jameis. I think Jameis would have been my number one choice. Um, and then after that, we Brissett. But, you know, we are where we are. We are in a win now. It doesn't fit the typical scheme of what we thought the Scott Turner offense was going to be, but Hey, he's here. And, you know, you said something, Adam, Ron Rivera is saying the right things about quarterback competition, but I am a firm believer that quarterback competitions don't produce franchise quarterbacks. When you have, when you have quarterbacks that are about the same level, you don't have a franchise quarterback. You have a problem, right? right? The best, the real franchises, they have a guy that's up here and then they have just a dude who's a backup. And hopefully we'll get there. I understand 2021 probably won't be there, but that's my personal opinion. I know others say different. I don't think quarterback con- uh, competitions produce franchise guys. You just produce the best guy for that one season. So 100%. We'll, we'll see where you are, where we are here shortly. And now I would I, I say, if I could just add to that, because I know it's been a topic conversation. Rivera made that clear today when he said I think- Fitz is going in, into camp as a starter. It's yeah. his job to lose. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think Fitz actually fits what Scott Turner wants to do. He just hadn't had the opportunity to do it until Taylor Heineke hit the field. He right. wants somebody who's mobile and can and will sling the ball down the field. We talk about Fitz's age. He's surprisingly mobile for a guy his age. Very. And as someone who's his age and has bum knees, I'm jealous. But, um, you know, so I think that the only thing is, is that we got to stop running these damn – read option fakes because <laughs> on our roster last season was running read option and Ryan Fitzpatrick is not running read option. So let's just get all those plays out of the playbook now. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And you know, you don't want to take snaps away from the guy who's going to be your starter at the, you know, just to say you're having a cute quarterback competition. Those are precious snaps, especially with COVID. Who knows what, what OTAs and what, what's going to look like here shortly. But so that's a good transition, Adam. You talked about an article you wrote on the Burgundy and Goldreport.com about the wide res- or chemistry. And I'm specifically right. referring to wide receiver chemistry. Wide receivers. Right. Great, ar- great article. I want to say Thank that you. first and foremost. Thank you. So, I mean, I know it was mostly focused around Terry and, and Curtis Samuel, but now with Adam Humphreys in the mix, how do, how do you see the wide receiver field looking for 2021? And let's just go across, you know, all the names. Where are them fitting in? Right. Okay. So you got Terry McLaurin. Okay. Long-term deal on the horizon. Um, Samuel, three years. That's it. Okay. Those are your main guys. Cam Sims, just this year. AGG, prove it year. He's my guy. I've watched him for the past three years at Liberty. I love him, but this is a make or break year. If he doesn't produce at least 500, four to 500 yards and show some impact plays, he's gone. Okay. Um, um, Sims, Steven Sims, he's out already. Uh, Right. Uh, He's out already. Um, Unless he's looking at a position switch. Now um, let's get into the other guys. Um, I'm blanking on his name right now. I'm actually, um, he just heard it. He heard his knee. He's the only one. Kelvin Harmon, Kelvin Harmon. Kelvin Harmon. Okay. And I'm going to go similar to what Kime said. I see, um, you know, let's think maybe a little outrageous, but Niles Paul. Okay. If this guy is that good of an athlete and he's impressed coaches, like we've heard through the grapevine, I don't think he can make this team as a wide receiver. So I think a, a, a tight end three, I think that that's something that they might consider with him if he's looking. And I simply say that because I like the way he blocks and I like the way he can do dig routes and short stuff to the sideline. Other than that, that's who we got. So 
people saying they're going into the draft, they're good. They couldn't be more wrong. So I think you're just looking for a specific guy. You're, you're approaching it wrong. There's not an X. It's not a Z. It's not a slot. You're looking for versatile slots, speed. Think Kansas City. Think interchangeable guys that you can move all around. I'm watching Air Coriel today. I'm seeing a lot of the hybrid stuff. I've talked to a lot of scout friends that I have. And what they're expecting is a lot more spread concepts in this hybrid system, because with Fitzpatrick, like you said, they're going to want to sling it downfield. But if you look over the last 16 games, he's actually, his, his short ball percentage has skyrocketed. And that's in Miami with lesser targets. He used his running back and boy, does he like, like his tight end. So I think you have Logan Thomas right now. You know, I, I'm looking at all the receivers, everything I mentioned in the article, but you know, uh, a speed tight end. I like a guy, Brevin Jordan. He's a flex guy. But for the receivers, you don't have to go early. You know, if we happen to get a guy, I know we'll talk about, you know, some draft slips that I, I can see happening. But for the most part, these day three guys, I really like. You know, you have Shy Smith. One of my favorite guys in this draft is Jalen Darden. I can see available in the fourth round, North Texas. Um, think Kadarius Toney. Um, that's another guy. So you don't have to go with wide receiver early, but you have to address the position multiple times because who they have on the roster some fan favorites i'm an alabama fan i like pam sims too you know i hope they do good but listen this is the modern day nfl and a lot of these guys are starting to be dinosaurs so agg he's a guy i have more faith in than cam sims i think cam sims is more a product of you know being in the right place right time um but i think what they're building with terry mclaurin samuels is just going to be used all over the place he's going to be using the backfield running back slot all over the place so you really have to go into this draft if you happen to get one of those blue chip slips to you you have to consider it, but I don't think you need to test that position until day three. Yeah, I'm with you. And I know AGG has a soft spot in my heart too. You know, our, one of our co-hosts, Ellie, he's not on here. He also runs the uh, Washington football team declassified podcast. He, he had a, a, a interview with AGG's, you know, coaches 15 minutes. And yeah. I know I did some research too. The man is just so athletically gifted. Is, oh, yeah. it, it would just be a, such a bummer if it, if it didn't work out. You know? It would be a surprise if he would. If he, to me, I project him at worst a wide receiver four. That's a red zone. You know, like you said, the way this defense can play, we're going to have a lot of short fields. So he's the kind of guy you're going to throw that 25 yard toss up in the end zone. So like I said, I'd be surprised if he doesn't do something, you know, but we'll yep. see. And, and with, with Fitz slinging the ball downfield, you know, last year, I don't, I don't think that we saw Scott Turner's offense run properly by no. any quarterback, except for maybe Taylor Heineke at the last game. And that was right. kind of street ball too. That was backyard stuff. Right. Absolutely. So I don't think any of the quarterbacks properly ran his offense. So I'm excited to see what it actually entails because we've seen the Eric Correa, we've seen the North, North Turner offense, but I believe this will be like a spin, like you said, like a hybrid. It's, it's all project. The thing is we can project it. unless you've got somebody in the inside. Like I said, I've right. talked to scouts, evaluate that know the type of players that they're looking into the draft. And, you know, guys, it's just, we're all projecting. That's the thing. I went to scouting Academy. Ironically enough, Humphrey is one of my first assignments uh, when he was with Fitzpatrick. So I know I really know Fitzpatrick in and ins and out. So the fact that we have him now, like I said, I'm surprised, but I know this guy so well and I've seen what he can do. And I'm telling you guys, he's a perfect fit for this offense as a bridge quarterback. And anything more than that, that's what, you know, you need to get past, but this is not going to be the draft where Washington moves up, gives an RG three type trade. Cause it's going to take a lot more than that RG three did to move from 19 to the top five. So fans need to just take a breath. It's yeah. going to be Fitzpatrick, Heinke, maybe a late round guy, but it's more likely they gave a fifth round up for Allen last year. So why wouldn't he be QB three, QB two? So. Right. And, it, and it's just kind of a bummer, but it, it is where it is what it is. You know, it's, it's where we are. And I think we're going to finish kind of in the exact same spot, give or take a couple games. And we're probably going to be picking around the same spot. It's just, it's not our fault. The NFC East was so you know shitty last year. Like it wasn't our fault right. that everyone finished so bad and the seven and nine was the victor. It, I mean, you know, it, it, it is what it is. Right. Um, all right. So, so William Jackson. Well, I, got, I got a question for Adam. Yeah, go ahead. Wide receivers. All right. So uh, Washington signed DeAndre Carter today. Yeah. Wide receiver kick return. Does yeah. this put the nail in the coffin on Steven Sims? Um, I think he already had the nail in the coffin. I think his replacement will come in the draft. I think the guy we signed today, he's just a camp body. You know, they need to get that. They need to get a returner. You know, we'll talk about, you know, towards the end, I just wrote about another guy um, who can come in and do all of the above. And, you know, you can get him in the fifth, sixth round. So I don't think that someone like him is going to come and lock up a spot like that. If he's, I, I watched the tape on him and honestly, I'm, I'm not impressed. 
I don't see the instincts as a returner that are going to be like, boom, he's going to come in. I think he can be serviceable, but I'd be disappointed if that's the best they can do coming out of the off season. Fair enough. And so Adam, real quick, let's talk about the other big free agent signing opposite of Kemba Fuller. We got William Jackson. Yeah. Um, how, how do you like him? Oh man. I, I really like him. Uh, he's a press guy. So I think people were thrown off a little bit like, Hey, I thought, you know, we did a lot of, you know, zone coverage bail stuff and, you know, and to a point we do, but I think you have to understand this is Jack Del Rio's defense. So just go back. He, he's very versatile. He'll run the three, four, run the four, three, you know, that stuff doesn't matter. What he likes to do is if he has the right personnel, he's going to use them in press and he's going to let them bail. So I think right now with him, Fuller and Moreland, that's three big building pieces you have. I think, it's an interesting situation with the safeties right now with Colin saying he's definitely not going to move to linebacker. You're going to, what are you you're going to put? Everyone thinks it's easy. Oh yeah. Move curl to free safety. It's not that easy. You're talking about moving a guy that was a dominant in his position just to appease the guy that's making more money. I, I don't see it's going to happen. I think you'll see three uh, more, um, you know, Cobra sets, which is that three safety sets. And that's where Fuller will come in. And so guys like the Shazer Everett, they'll, you know, they're, they're veterans. So he'll have a good chance, but after him, I don't think Reeves and Apke have a good chance to make this roster. So I think you go into the draft, that's another place you're going to upgrade. But man, to have Jackson able to lock up whoever, you know, whoever's top wide, I think for once, we hope what normal was going to be. I think you'll, you have a guy that's going to travel. So don't be surprised if that's what happens on game day against elite wide receivers. Now you have that guy that can travel. What does that mean? That means the defense can pin their ears back and just attack. I'm really excited because at the end of that season, I hate to say it, the Ryan Kerrigan fans out there in the last couple of games, I just thought I like, you know, you know, a lot of other guys, even on our roster, that can get to the quarterback more than Ryan Kerrigan. So I'm not, I can't say I'm disappointed that he's not back because I think you're going to be able to mix up packages. Like you said, we have about a two year window. And I think that with what they have, they can really do some damage this year. So, you know, I'm excited because he allows them to pin their ear back. And just do a lot more, you know, mm-hmm. you know, jailbreak blitzes because that's what I was hoping to see from JDR. I just didn't see it as much as I was hoping. Right. And and the thing here, so I did a little, you know, when this William Jackson thing first started, and right, he was, I want to say he was like nine nine nineteen, maybe top fifteen on, on PFF rankings. And when you look at the Cincinnati defense, he did that. They had seventeen sacks the entire season. Right. 17 sacks we had 47 like that's perspective right you know and I guarantee a lot of our sacks were probably coverage sacks not all of them but the pressure it puts on a defensive back when your front seven is doing nothing you're in coverage for two three seconds four seconds imagine what he was doing people are talking about the interceptions the lack of interceptions you can't do that when you got to look at his system yeah right and so so that that's 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 context right that's the type of stuff that you know we have to do people like you do and you know that's that's the good insight that that i think we have and and another thing is is you know i i would love to see them put multiple safeties on the field at once so so landon landon cam and i you know even before he got injured the shazer was bodying people yeah, well, I like him, but Jeremy Reeves was also a top five PFF finisher in his position. Yeah. So you said yeah. he might not make the team. Like that's 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 crazy. It's it's a great problem to have, but you're right. It's just we're just becoming stacked at this position. And Troy, Aki, getting, I don't think anyone game. cares about Troy Aki. He's fast, no. but no. <laughs> he, no. he can go. Um, yeah. Okay, so so let's let's now talk about um, the draft. So yeah. there's there's been a lot of movement. There's people have been making some moves the top tens you got the eagles you got the 49ers you got miami so a lot of hustling and bustling what you might thought was last week is a little bit different this week right we're still at 19 so given given what the movement we've seen with some of these positions and and you know san francisco moving up to number three assuming we pick at 19 and, and, you know, a lot of the pundits will call them, you know, the Washington football team, Logan Campbell, she puts out this mock madness thing. I don't know if you've seen it every once right. in a while. It's just who the pundits are picking and it ranges everything. For, we did this on the episode, like maybe five, five episodes ago, Phil, where we just, we literally spreadsheeted all these pundits mm-hmm. out and where they, where they picked. And it's, it's right. been shifting over time, but we've seen everything from, you know, Darisaw 
you know, Kadarius Tony, Devontae Smith, uh, Darisaw, Tevin Jenkins, uh, Jeremiah Wusu Koromara, uh, Zavin Collins, Jalen Waddle, Mac Jones. So Michael Parsons. It, it goes it goes everywhere. So Adam, who do you mm-hmm. like for us if we stay put at 19? Okay, so the quarterback movement, the twelve, let's with the trade movement, because no, you know, the let's face it, nobody moved up in any of the trades to not get a quarterback. So, in my opinion, though, I'm in New York again. I've been watching the Jets for a while. Zach Wilson's a guy I'm huge on. He's going to the Jets, but now the question is San Francisco. If you're going to believe the smoke screens of Mac Jones or even um, Fields, you know, go ahead. But it's Lance. It, it, it Lance fits perfectly, and what the Shanahan does, they talked about Mac Jones could come in and start right away. Lance would probably have to sit. I think whoever comes in, if Garoppolo somehow makes it, which I don't see him making it, we're talking about a couple games. Think the RG3 offense, similar hybrid, more a lot more zone scheme and what they'll do. So to me, that's where Lance is going to go. So after that, you know, you have Mac Jones and Fields. In whatever order, I think you're going to have see Denver trade up. I think you're going to see another dark horse trade up. So five quarterbacks are going to go in the top 10 picks, okay? So what that's doing, it's creating a free fall of talent. You'll mention Mika Parsons, but I love him. A lot of Washington fans kind of hope maybe some of those hazing rumors could drop him. But I think after that pro day, was it four, three, eight? He's 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 not slipping, guys. Washington you know? fans, we have got to continue the trend on Twitter. Let's let's blow those rumors up. Let's get it. <laughs> you know that that's what we're hoping. So basically, in the end, you know, I have people that read me and, and follow me. They know. So uh, before I go to the my favorite guy, I'll start with the offense. There's a the situation right now with the quarterbacks, like we said, could create a free fall. Okay. So we know Jamar Chase is going to go number one. You know, people say, how do you know? We, we know. Okay. Yeah. But the question is, everyone's talking about the, the Alabama guys who's going to go first, you know, think last year with the situation with rugs, Judy and lamb, this is a kind of similar situation, but I do see Jalen Waddle going ahead of him. So in the end, I'm talking about Devonte Smith uh, being, uh, having a free fall, Jace, there's some knocks, you know, about his durability as far as his size. Everyone said, well, you know, he came to Alabama, I think it was 152. And they Saban said, well, he was 170 something and he's great now. Well, that's not against NFL competition. And I know there's a lot of scouts out there, a lot of guys I talk to. They are not looking at him as an early first rounder. They said if he was available in the back of the first round, they would jump on him. So you're talking about somebody he could slip. So what that creates is opportunities to trade back. Um, you, the other receiver that I like is uh, Bateman, Rashad Bateman from Minnesota. Um, he blew it up. Um, he's really going to be a great option if they can get that. But my, my thought with him is that that's 19. I feel that you're taking now the fourth or fifth receiver. I think you have to think about BPA and you have to have to think of need. And we'll get to my guy, Zaven Collins, guys. Okay, I, I, I've heard Jeremiah and I've heard other people, they keep putting him outside linebacker. Guys, I just got, you know, before we said, I said, you know what, if I'm going to bring up the comp, I'm going to watch more tape. So I watched Erlacher tape, okay? He's not as vicious in the run game, but just go look at him the last two years at Tulsa. Five interceptions, this guy was dominant. You put him in coverage, 6'5", 260, okay? He's going to play more around the, uh, the 245, in my opinion, because I think he's going to come in to be a Mike linebacker. Everyone wants to say that, you know, keep him in the outside, a three, four outside linebacker. You're wasting the kid's talent. He ran a four, five, two unofficially. Uh, tomorrow's his pro day. So Tulsa's pro day. He's the only one in town to watch. So he's my favorite guy in this whole draft. I see him as, you know, like my guy, George Carmi said, a poor man's Brian Erlacher. It's a really good comp. Um, but my other guy that I like, you know, we've been talking about the safeties, um, is Richie Grant um, from U- UCF. Um, a lot of people talk about Trevon Morick uh, from TCU, which I really like him as well. But if we're talking about a ball hawk, they could really change Washington's defense other than a Mike linebacker. This is my next one down is Richie Grant. Um, 6-1 in chains, 227, three interceptions last year, a sack, five passes defended two forced fumbles and two fumble recoveries. The kid's a ball hawk. Um, two interceptions at uh, the senior bowl. These are uh, three, four guys that I think that are really be a, realistically be available at 19. And then if we trade back, you know, we have another guy, uh, Mizzou's uh, Nick Bolton, uh, Mike linebacker, another guy I really like. There's been knocks about him being undersized. That that's nonsense. The kid, the kid is legit. 19 might be a little rich uh, if they trade back in the 20s. That's actually the best case scenario for me. If, if Collins is not available, you could trade back and you could probably get a guy like Richie Grant, Morg, and, you know, more talent, get that extra second, third round pick. So in a nutshell, those are just right now, I, I'm sure I'll change my, in a couple of weeks, I'll add to the list, but it's still going to always start and with Zayvon Collins for me. 
Well, if Dev was here, he'd tell you to never take another second round pick. Um, <laughs> given our, yeah. our oh, I see the record. Um, <laughs> Those guys are out, though. Those guys are out. Let me let me ask you though. Um, you know, do you think someone like Darisol is going to fall to nineteen? Do you think he's going to get snatched up beforehand? Because you know yeah. we still do need a bookend tackle for oh, I agree. Kirk and Moses. Yeah, and that's the thing, and that's why I'm not really talking about tackles because then we're going to be talking about you know Slater from Northwestern, the third or fourth ranked offensive tackles. Because I see you know the Oregon kid going, you know I see Darisol, and then that, so they're going to be left with the third or fourth. Like I said, BPA and value. So if you're getting to that 19th pick. I kind of feel like, yes, later, you know, even to get Tucker out of um, USC, but that guy's more inside and people are talking about, you know, with Brandon, not looking long-term fine, but you know, you want to talk about a guy, I'm a small school evaluator, you know, David Moore grambling, you know, that's an interior lineman dominating the senior bowl as a dog. That's a guy you can get in the fourth, fifth round. So people just don't need to panic if they're not there. You don't, you know, just don't reach. That's what I'm, this is a whole new scouting department. You know, Al, you know, a lot of these guys are gone now. So I'm a little nervous because I like their back-end picks. That's what, that's what this last scouting department did is actually made some really good um, back-end picks. So we'll see what's going to happen. But um, I think if they, you know, follow their board, they're going to get the best PA in the first two or three picks. And I think if they continue to do that, you know, we're talking about repeating next year. I think Fitzpatrick, good draft picks with the ability to start like Cam Curl and all the guys we got, you know, I, I see no reason they can win nine, 10 games. Hey, addicts, we'll be right back after this quick ad from anchor. So Adam, let's, I want to plug your, your, your <laughs> website real quick, you know, okay. and you, you did, you do these things that, you know, we call them the draft prospect cards, right? Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic content, you know, thank you. Thank you. Jalen Darden, Jarrett Patterson, Lane Hatcher, David Moore, Zayvon Collins, Nick Bolton, Marquez Stevenson, Brevin Jordan, Rendell Moore, Kadarius, Tony, Kyle Pitts, Richie Grant, Shai Smith, and you got some more coming, you know, I won't spoil it. Um, Fantastic content. Thank you. So I I really like Nick Bolton, what you said of all the ones that you talked about. I I like Nick Bolton, but I don't like him at 19, just like you said. Um, right maybe a little too rich is probably the, the perfect way to describe it but right and and initially before we signed curtis samuel before we you know made all these moves they had us going wide receiver at, at 19 and i don't i don't know if i if i see that at 19 anymore just given the given the maneuvers and and right now we know the defense is here and the offense is down here we need right. to somehow make that balance up. Think money, though. you got to also factor money into it because, you know, you're talking about right now there is a lot of money dedicated defense, but that's going to change. In around about two years, you're going to see it kind of shift more. It always does. If you, I'm not a big cap analytics guy, but I, I talk to guys on, that's what they're telling me. So the reason they didn't go for a Corey Davis, and everyone said Galladay. I don't think Galladay was ever a true target for them. I think they were kind of kicking the tires. And honestly, I think they upped the price a little bit for New York when they did. So <clears throat> basic point here is I think with Terry going to be one of the top paid guys, you have Samuel modest price next year. It's going to even look better. I don't see them going first round receiver, at least early on. You do get that fifth year option, but that's a lot more money. You're going to have locked into three receivers for, you know, three years with, with all three of them. So it just, to me, I don't see them doing it. I see early second round, you know, you're talking about a guy, you know, you know, our kid Rondale Moore um, from Purdue. I don't, I think after that pro day, he blew people away, but he's got durability concerns. And I think if somehow he makes it to 51 and you haven't taken anyone there, let's say, let's just say you get a, a trade back a little bit. You get Nick Bolton, you know, he's sitting there, you get him, Brevin Jordan's a couple picks later. So at that point, you've got your middle, your Mike linebacker, your tight end and another burner receiver. Your draft is pretty much a plus right there. So I just think it's really hard for them to mess it up. If they just pull one of these crazy dumb moves, I think that this is the, the only way they can blow this is they just totally reach on someone. And I don't, I think I've looked at Rivera's track record and what he's done. He hasn't tended to do that. He's done that with receivers. I've seen him with the big guys. He's, but he's got that right now in AGG and Kempson. So I don't see him blowing it that way. So I, I think that they're going to do the right thing when it comes down to it. I'm a draft guy. So to me, more picks the better if they can make that happen. Right. That would be, that would be huge. Um, it's glad to hear someone else is on the, the Brevin Jordan train besides me, because that's 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 somebody. Every time I do one of these little mock drafts online, that's somebody I'm I'm trying to target. You know, it's like a third round tight end. I mean, you know, luckily he's kind of flying under a lot of radars, which is nice. So, 
I hope I, I I've heard a lot of uh, people are being quiet, but you know, I was in South Florida for seven years. You mentioned Jacoby Brissett. He was at Dwyer high school. I yeah. started evaluating around that time. So I always keep my eye to the Florida prospects because they play all year round. So you can always check them out early, like digging in the high school. That's how you can kind of get an early, you know, idea. Um, but he is somebody that, yeah, I, they're saying it's going to go to the third round. I'm telling you, he's not going to make it to the third round because that would mean you're not going to, after Pitts, you're not going to have another tight end all the way there. Pat Fremont, PS uh, from Penn State, they're talking about him and Brevin Jordan being in that range. He had packs, he had surgery on his shoulder and he's good. But so now he's going to go before Brevin Jordan. So it's going to be first round, second round, third round. I don't see it. So I think Brevin Jordan will be in that middle second to late third round. But again, it's, it's all projection. Anything could happen, man. But these Miami guys, they always, you know, they always produce some of these guys. But the kid, he's from Las Vegas, man. If you haven't read the, I, I fell in love with him the second I watched this film. And oh, yeah. I have a, a secret conspiracy theory that okay, San Francisco is going to stay with Jimmy Garoppolo this year, and they're going to take Kyle Pitts at three. I'm probably the only person in the world who thinks that. After signing Kit, after Kittle too. Wow. Yeah. Hey, you know what? The dual tight end threat is something that we've seen only with Gronk and Hernandez, and no one has ever repeated it. I don't know how many times I screamed at the the screen saying, "Put Vernon Davis and Jordan Reed on the field at the same time." To Jay Green, we, we never saw it. We never it's saw a, it. A copycat league. It's coming. You're gonna you're gonna see. At, mark my words. Tape just snippet. In the next in the in by week ten, you're gonna see at least four or five teams running with like two tight end sets, not just blocking. I'm talking about two guys running running out routes. It, this is a copycat league. You saw everyone emulating Kansas City. So now you're going to – the two tight ends – I've been saying that forever. Logan Thomas, people keep saying, no, we have him. No, you if, if you have him, that means you need to get another one or two guys. And Pitts has been my dream scenario. But as soon as we – everyone saw that, we knew that he was out of the pitcher top five after that pro day. Yeah, he's just such a phenomenal – he's just a specimen, you know. And, and you can't cover it because if this year they can block a little bit and what linebacker right. – you can't bring a linebacker in because you're too slow. You bring a safety in, okay, we're well, going to take you over the top. It, it's just a great problem to have. I, right. And we uh, clearly it's not – we're not going to be in the running. But So do you see us picking a quarterback in 2021 out of any of these, you know, within one through seven? Do you see us getting a quarterback at all? They, 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 this is my thing about it. Like I said, you know, you have the three that we mentioned, and then you have a guy, Steven Montez. Again, do you want to talk about more conspiracies? I'm going to see, I'm going to follow the tea leaves, how this goes, but I might have an article coming up. They're talking about think Taysom Hill. You could see some packages like that at some point in the season, but I don't think that they're going to elevate them just to do that. I think it would have to be a situation where they could activate, let's say one of the quarterbacks went down. I think that's when you could see him, maybe the third one, if they decide to, um, but other than that, I just don't see the value because you talk about Mond, you talk about Newman. These are guys that are supposed to be, you know, mid to late day three guys. And people are starting to push them up into, you know, Mond. I remember in the second, third round. And I respect people that see that. I'm just not seeing that on tape. So to me, after, you know, even, you know, uh, Jones, Trask, these, to me, these guys aren't first round quarterbacks. But, you know, we'll see Mac Jones go first round and Trask you'll see him go to new England. That's my prediction for him. He'll go in the, he'll go to new England somewhere in the second, third round range, but it, it, there's not enough supply for the demand. And this happens every couple of years, just see too many quarterbacks selected, but it's a good thing because what it does is again, blue chip prospects slip to your team. So to me, I just don't see Washington doing it. Cause you start to get into the sixth, seventh, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh range. You're going to get a, get a d- develop on the practice squad. That that's a wasted pick. I think you're going to do it, you know, get a guy undrafted and do it that way. So I think once in the end, unless they accumulated a bunch of picks and it's a luxury, I don't see it happen in this draft. I think it's Fitzpatrick's the bridge till next year. But before we move on to the, to the, to the next subject, I mean, if you want to get a guy optimally, like, like mm-hmm. Baltimore did with Lamar Jackson, you jump in right. at the end of the first, right? Cause that fifth year option is huge when it comes to quarterbacks. Right. And, and if you money. find a guy, right. If, is there anyone who potentially fits in that category that might be around and is worth the value to jump back in, let's say give away our seconds, because we, we we don't care about second round picks apparently in Washington, uh, right. to jump back into the first. I, I, I don't see anyone worth the value if they're sitting there at 28 through 32 minus provisional picks. Uh, I, I don't see anyone worth jumping back in the, in the first round for, because they're going to be gone already. Yeah. Like watch someone do it for Mondo. Like I say, we, yeah. we keep bringing them up, bringing them up. And I think, People are just looking at the pro day. They're looking at just the different things. And I think somebody will make that right, you know, just to move up from probably a couple picks in the second round to get him at the end of the first. Like you said, to buy, that's like literally buying a fifth year option, which 
if he flops, he flops, you know, in the end to probably trade up from the early second to that part. You're talking, they probably have to give away a third and a fifth, maybe. Right. So that's an investment, I'm, I think. So we're going to see, I think, six, six to seven quarterbacks go in the first round. And, you know, we were talking about four possibly, but there's just so much, you know, there's so much need for it right now. And I think teams are really reaching because they're desperate right now. Free agency really didn't produce anybody, you know, to speak of it all. And, you know, it, it's if you don't have a quarterback, you, you, you know, you don't have much of a chance these days. You know, the Baltimore Ravens and those teams are few and far between. And I think Washington can get to that point, but not with that Trent Dilfer kind of quarterback. I don't think that can happen these days. Right. And, 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 you know, that's what pro days do, right. They, they raise the value of all this draft. Stuff. Always. Bond's a four-year starter, but you know, you look at his first three years, he struggled. It took him four he's years sloppy. to figure it out. Yeah. Mechanics are a little off, but sloppy. he's got potential, but yeah, I don't know. We'll see. He's a pride. He's a pride. Like I said, there's projects, there's guys, Newman. I like Newman better. Personally, if you ask me, you know, when he went from Wake Forest, we didn't see him go to Georgia because the opt-out, but you want to talk about upside. I mentioned, I wrote about him in the whole uh, pre-senior bowl, him and about four of the prospects. And I just see him as a guy, if you're going to do a fifth round, sixth round flyer, go ahead. I just, I don't see where he would go because if you're going to put him on the practice squad, I think somebody takes him and then you're going to keep four guys in the active roster. That's the problem here. It's not just about who we're going to get. It's they're not going to keep four guys and Fitzpatrick, Heinke and Allen are locks. So what do you do? That's what it is. You have to be a realistic fan and you have to look at the depth and who's worth it. So yeah, this is just not the year. And again, I would tell fans, this defense is going to be that good. The offensive upgrades are going to be good enough to, they can make a run. I truly believe this NFC East. I think Washington is made better upgrades than every single team in this division. And I think Dallas, everyone talks about that. They're on the downswing unless they told, unless they, hit every best offensive lineman in this draft and go back to what they did i see them going backwards i think their line is bad i think their defense is not good right now so i think this is washington's division to take again tell that to the people in vegas oh um, yeah i know <laughs> yeah yeah and they were right they were right for a lot of years it's just it you know you have to admit it, it feels different you know, having somebody that commands, you know, a coach centric team, a lot of people put a knock on it, but it does work in situations. And I think Ron Rivera, he was the right guy for the right time. He comes into the situation, he cleans up what he needs to. And honestly, is he going to take this team to the Super Bowl? I'm not sure, but he didn't in Carolina. So I have no reason to doubt him unless he shows me otherwise. Absolutely. Let me uh, pivot a little bit. Um, you know, We've re-signed some of our, our free agents or some of the guys we had out there in free agency um, as well. Do you see a couple, couple questions based off of that? Do you see anybody else that you think we're going to be bringing back that's, that's still floating out there? Um, I know we brought back Lamar Miller. Uh, I mean, do you think he's going to contribute? That's another one I'd like to know. Do you think he's going to contribute as an RB2? Well, you know, with another Miami guy, you know, I love him. I just, I don't, I don't think he's the same anymore. I think they definitely saw something in him um, more than they saw Bryce Love. That's the sad story here, guys. Bryce Love was one of my favorite guys coming out. Heisman runner-up, dynamic, one injury. They would say, okay, it's one injury. But man, sometimes those, you know, those ACLs, they don't heal, heal right. He had another surgery, apparently. I think he's done. Uh, Ruben Foster, similar situation. Two guys are done. Um, Lamar Miller will get a chance um, in the end. I'm going to say it again. I hope not just because what that would mean is they didn't do enough upgrades. And I think this draft, you know, I'm going to be talking about it in the next couple of weeks, but they are going to get a running back because Gibson, I love, but let's not forget who Gibson is, man. Gibson is just like McKissick. They were, you know, OG receivers. And now they're really getting into, you know, that running back mold. And I think Gibson could be good, but if you want to get the best out of him, you're not running him 25 times a game. You're running him 10 times or so, and you're targeting him you know, five to 10 times a game. So I think that there's guys in this draft that can, you know, Carter from UNC, you know, there's a lot of guys that are going to be available that second, third round range that they could definitely come in and start right away. So they're not done in, you know, a lot of positions. All right. And do you, is there anybody else that you uh, foresee oh. as, as a must bring, as somebody we must bring back that's still floating Sorry, in there? That. Um, Boston. Yeah. Uh, the, the same Ron Rivera's old safety in Carolina. That's the name that keeps being brought up. Um, but everything I keep hearing is they're just going to wait till the draft goes by to see how they do it. But I think if he doesn't end up signing with someone before, I think he's holding out to play in Washington too, because I think he knows he has the best opportunity to get on the field anywhere else. 
he's, you know, a, you know, a utility guy, special teams, maybe he comes in for spot duty. So I think they'll hold out. And at the end, I think we'll get great value. We'll sign him to probably, you know, a two, three million incentive laden deal. And they'll get him just to come in the rotation. If you're talking about Boston as, you know, your third or fourth safety on the roster, man, they could be in really good position. But right now, that's really the only guy I'm seeing. But as we know, uh, the second wave of free agency hits after the draft. Guys get released. Uh, Nate, you know, we saw what happened to Sean Jackson years ago. You just never know. So right now, I like Boston. But, you know, there's not really out there other than him. You know, Villa, Villa Veneva, excuse me, the tackle from, from Pittsburgh. I like him, too. Um, these guys are all holding out for bigger money, but they need to get some more offensive line help. And I just don't think they want to spend the money with that. Definitely agree. Although it's just so unique to hear the word somebody's holding out to play for Washington. We haven't <laughs> had that, that vibe in a while. It's unusual. Yeah, it, it is. It, it's, it's, you think, you think, wow, really us? Oh, yeah. wow. Feel so special. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but yeah, that was my biggest question. Now, you, do you think there's anybody internally that we that's that's out there that you think that you know we should be looking at as we gotta bring this guy back you know yes we're not we don't have any starters out there obviously right i'm like a kerrigan or somebody that do you see any role on them on this roster going forward well they keep yeah i keep hearing kerrigan i keep hearing that you know if he's not good you know if anything exactly he'll sign that one-year deal and you know um I'm surprised to be honest with you. I'm surprised there hasn't been another team that have really just came in and offered him, you know, that five, $6 million range for a one year deal. Um, so the fact that he's available, um, I, it all depends how him and Ron really, how, how good were they? How, how much did they really click? Because this would be a total Snyder move in my opinion to bring him back and on a one year deal. But if it's on a, like a really cheap deal, I could see it happening. But, other than that, anybody else who who's walked in that, I, I don't see. I think that they've got everyone um, back who wasn't on the roster, who was on the roster last year. Okay. So, Adam, I think we're going to get ready to shut this thing down. Um, once again, we want to thank you for, for, for taking time out of your day to, to join us. And, um, you know, Pleasure. we would be remiss if, if we didn't give today's shout out to Sean Taylor 21 for those watching right. on tonight you know april first rest in peace this is his birthday um so yeah just such a tragic loss and who knows how good he could have been for us and it was it's just just sad every every day every time april first comes around it's no longer april fool's day it's sean taylor's birthday so um truly a legend for for our team and and his legacy lives on and before we close out i I do want to get your fan story adam so so how did you become a fan of the Washington Redskins slash Washington football team. What, what is your story of how you became a fan of the team? I, you know, and, and I've, I've regurgitated this story a lot, but, you know, um, it, it, my, I, my father and, you know, God rest his soul, um, lost him about, uh, about a month ago now. Um, he was actually a professional soccer player. Uh, he grew up in Tunisia um, and he played internationally. He played for the 1960 Olympics teams. And he actually uh, was brought in by Georgetown. Um, but the ironic thing about that is, my dad barely taught me anything about soccer um, from the minute I can remember anything. <clears throat> it was about, you know, he became an American citizen. It was just about uh, Washington, Washington Redskins. That's all it was about. Um, he raised me on it. Um, and it, 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 if you want to talk about a, a storied ending, um, when my dad passed, um, uh, Rick Doc Walker, who's a guy that, you know, over the years he's mentored me. I've had some interviews with him, reached out to me and, um, you know, had some great advice and he actually came on our show on um, the football garbage time podcast and we did um, an honorary episode um, for my father. And so, yeah, my father, um, he's the reason after Zach and Eba, um, that I got into uh, watching football and, you know, I can remember, you know, the Super Bowl with Denver that that's, that's the memory. And uh, you know, I'll, I'll never forget it, but yeah, my dad, he's the reason I'm a, I'm a big wild Washington fan. That's awesome. 42 to 10. That, that Super Bowl is a big memory in all of our lives. Yes, sir. Your dad sounds like he was a, is a fantastic man and a, and a fantastic soccer player. Yes, um, and, and my condolences, you know, our thank condolences for, for his loss. And um, we, we thank you for joining us, Adam. This has been a, a great experience for us to sit down and talk football with you. I know we've been trying to link up for a long time. You've been in the yeah. Facebook group, the Redskins slash watch football addicts for a long time, you yeah. know, sharing your content with us. And we, we always appreciate it. Um, so, so let's just tell everyone where can we find you on, 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 on social media? 
Yeah. Um, like you said, you know, I've been in the group for a while, but, um, you know, in January, you know, we really took it to another level. I have a small team of, you know, people that are helping me, but, you know, we launched a .com in January. Um, so, you know, sponsors listening, you know, we're, we're looking for you. Um, but like I said, you know, in a nutshell, uh, the Burgundy and Gold Report.com, uh, it's a site made for Washington fans. We produce Washington articles. Um, Everything from Washington.com, the latest articles, we bring it over. You don't have to leave. Um, and like we talked about our prospect cards, that is the main thing of what we're doing. We took the idea of, you know, the football, basketball cards, baseball cards, your kid laid them all out, turned them over, look at the stats. So what we've done is we created a virtual experience, you know, to go on our prospect section, one touch the card, you get your full evaluation, you get your YouTube highlight, and you get your fit in Washington. So even if you're not a Washington fan, my cards will, you know, make you, you know, you'll stand out like an expert for your friends, because like I said, I started with the small school level, um, which is really branching out with COVID happening. It was really hard for the small school level to, you know, meet with these guys like I did last year. Kyle Duggar was a guy I met with last year and, you know, he went to the Patriots 35th. So, you know, we were really proud of that, but yeah, the burgundy and go report.com follow me at uh, Twitter, the B and G report. Fantastic. Um, yeah, I can't plug those cards enough. Those things are, those things are amazing. Absolutely. You know, when, when I don't, when word, I don't guys, know much about uh, some of these, some of these prospects, that's the first place I went to. Uh, I was interested in Nick Bolden and I just happened to run into a, a Twitter post with you on Nick Bolden. And I was like, my gosh, this is everything I need to know in one spot about Nick Bolton. And it was just a, a fantastic one-stop shop for, for all that stuff. And I, you know, it, it's fantastic content. Keep doing what you're doing. We love it. We're huge fans. And um, I know uh, our, our boy Parker over at Washington Brawl just, yeah, just recently yeah. announced that uh, you and, and Mr. Rio are going to be a co-host on the Washington Brawl. So yeah, that should yeah, be you know. fun and exciting. Yeah, like I said, we do, I, I do, um, with, with, with Haikun, we do football garbage time. Uh, it was off this week, but usually we do Monday at 7.30 p.m. live on Twitter, but then we're also on Apple iTunes, Spotify. But yeah, um, I've known Parker for a little bit and just started getting Rio. And, you know, we decided to get together, you know, you know, I do some consulting for the Burgundy Zone. I was on them last night and, you know, we decided, you know, let's just do this. Let's do this for a little bit. And it's a cool experience. And, you know, let's see how it goes. To me, you know, I'm a free agent. I always will be, you know, and um We'll, we'll see how everything goes. But to me, the bottom line is just bringing the content and, you know, getting guys like us together that aren't um, threatened. Cause you know, believe it or not, there's a lot of guys in the podcast game, especially with writers that, that are threatened by others. But to me, I don't understand because, you know, before I got into all this as a fan, I want to read something and keep going. I don't want to read or watch one thing or listen to one thing and I'm done. So to me, the more, the better content out there, the more, the better, as long as you're unique, you guys, I, I, I like what you do, man. I, I hope we definitely chop it up again in the future, man. Yeah, fantastic. Um, we need to get Adam, yeah. we need to get Adam on a future barbershop. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, for sure. See, yeah, see, see yeah. what happens when we get a little liquor in you and, and, and take the format oh, out. I'll, I'll definitely. I, I got the cabinet downstairs. That's that's a, that's a deal. We'll definitely do that, guys, for sure. Sounds good, brother. Well, well, thank you again, Adam. And um, we, we really can't wait to talk to you again. Maybe maybe after the draft, we'll have to get together and see where sure. we stand and, and see if all, all of the predictions and all of, all of the writings and, and how close, you know, people were actually were with 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 what act the team actually did so right um right. hope you and you and your family stay safe and we hope to talk Thank to you, you soon hey dc guys All take right. it easy hey. peace peace